Rob Reiner is quoting Jesus, detoxing from negativity, jumping to conclusions, electric vehicles in the cold, the Taylor Swift order from hell, and more on today's Random Thoughts. Hello and welcome to episode number 260 of the Random Thoughts podcast that is spelled R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts.com online. I am your host, Darren O'Neill, and politically, the world's melting down. Figuratively, the world's melting down. Not a surprise. The Iowa caucus showing that Donald Trump has a lot of support which is angering a lot of people, the CNNs, the MSNBCs, they didn't even cover the Trump speech because uh, MSNBC claimed it was due to all of the lies. It's hilarious to watch this stuff. The people on the left say that Donald Trump does nothing but lie. The people on the right says Joe Biden does nothing but lie. Very much is. Dimension A and Dimension B going now. People are living in two different worlds. I mean, we're in the same world, but the mentality is so different that due to the propaganda that people are fed nonstop, the people that see themselves overall, there are exceptions. I just want to point that out. But overall, the people that are vehemently the useful idiots on the left, believe that everything from the right is bad and the useful idiots on the right believe that everything from the left is bad, which is why I always think it's funny when people tell me something like, why are you repeating the left's talking points? It's like, well, in that case, then it's actually what I think because I don't read the left's talking points. And in reality, sometimes something a Democrat does, somebody on the left does is okay. And if you're on the left, sometimes what somebody on the right does is okay. If you're a far leftist person that doesn't want the country to be overrun with people that it cannot absorb, that are not going to have a better life after coming over the border, because the resources here just cannot absorb them so they have a place to stay so they don't freeze. Oh, yeah, the frozen tundra of Chicago, folks. Anybody that just came here from Venezuela, it is now experiencing winter for the first time. How quickly do they want to go back to Venezuela? Single digits below zero. It's finally up to uh, 13 as I'm recording this show on Wednesday morning. But I think a lot of people are getting something that they weren't counting on because Kamala Harris, you know, vice president wanted to find out the root causes of what's going on. Their lives suck in countries like Venezuela. That's the root cause, sweetie. Just want to let you know. And then they come to the United States in the hope of finding a better life, being able to be more prosperous, being able to provide for their families 
And what they're finding out is the United States is no longer the land of milk and honey. It is not able to absorb everybody coming in. There are not jobs. There are not places to stay. You may be cold. You may be hungry like you were before you left the country that you left and had a long, arduous, expensive, dangerous journey to get here. We need to let people know that America's not ready for you. That the immigration system needs to have a trickle in effect so the system isn't overloaded and the country can grow i mean we have space you just cannot automatically put all these people into the united states and think that things are going to be good for them which i'm assuming that the people on the left that are a part of this dimension a and dimension b can't even figure out how Donald Trump came out with 51% at the Iowa caucus. They just can't believe it. They are in disbelief. And it's a very strange system that is used in order to pick the candidate for the Republican Party. Because next we go to New Hampshire, which is a very intriguing place the way that they do their primaries, meaning that if you're an independent in New Hampshire, you can vote in the Republican primary and you can change the way you're down on the voter rolls just showing up the day of the voting. So it's not like you have to do anything in advance. So any Democrat, since there is no Democrat primary. There's nobody running against Joey. If you're a Democrat in New Hampshire, you can show up and vote just to mess with the Republican count, more or less. And they have been doing a lot of advertising, a lot of Democrats. Like, go Nikki Haley, go vote Nikki Haley, go vote Nikki Haley, go vote Nikki Haley. To the point to where uh, DeSantis, who neither he or Nikki Haley did all that well, in Iowa. DeSantis is like, I'm not even messing with New Hampshire. I'm just going to South Carolina. You know, Nikki Haley's home state. So the forecast from people that follow this stuff, like Bill O'Reilly, believes that Nikki Haley's going to have a pretty good showing in New Hampshire, may come close to Donald Trump, Probably won't beat them, but will probably be a very neck and neck race, which will, of course, send the mainstream media out on a frenzy that Nikki Haley's coming for Trump. Oh, she's building. She's getting the momentum. She's going to overtake him. She's going to be the one. Because, of course, they're all anti-Trump. Then we will get to South Carolina, where even though she was the governor there, she's not very popular. It looks like Ron DeSantis will beat her then in South Carolina, which the end result on all of this will be Nikki Haley will lose face, Ron DeSantis will lose face, and everybody will be left with Donald Trump. It's an interesting thing to look at the fracturing of the Republican Party, and there is a fracturing of the Republican Party. They do not act in lockstep, much like the Democrats seem to do. But it's very interesting that if they wanted to beat Donald Trump, 
who is an outsider. He runs on the Republican ticket, but he is not a lifelong Republican politician. If they wanted to beat Donald Trump, who is a populist running on the Republican ticket, they would have had to get together and put their best candidate out in front. So before even Iowa, they would have to been like, well, we figured it was Nikki Haley. We figured it was Ron DeSantis. Which one is the one you're going to put against Trump? And then they actually had a shot. But it is so fractured that they end up splitting all the votes because they're not getting votes from Donald Trump, it appears. They're just getting votes from the anti-Trump people. And the pro-Trump people still seem to be a majority. So in the end, Donald Trump wins. And there's a lot of information that you can go in and try to glean from Iowa. I don't know if you can really glean a ton of things. But I thought one of the interesting comments came from Meathead, good old Rob Reiner over on Twitter, who had a hosting that I, again, believe fully comes from Dimension B. The posting is, quote, Jesus told us. Now, we'll just stop there for a second. When Meathead, when a far leftist, starts quoting Jesus, you know they're scared. You know that they see that they're on the losing end of things right now because that's not what leftists like. They do not want religion. But Meathead, fearing Donald Trump the way he does, says, quote, Jesus told us to do unto others as you would have them do unto you. How in God's name Can anyone who believes in the teachings of Jesus support Donald Trump? End quote. And Meathead, I think it's pretty easy. I just think you're missing the logic here. I don't think you understand what the Democrats have been doing to Donald Trump. Jesus says to do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Well, people feel like Donald Trump was so wronged by your tribe, by the Democrats in the Justice Department and with all of these radical DAs who are bringing just bogus charges against Donald Trump. The people feel like they're doing exactly what Jesus would want them to do is to treat them the same way, to go after them in the same way. An eye for an eye and that whole thing. I mean, granted, Jesus said, turn the other cheek. The MAGA folks are not going to do that. And rightfully so, I believe. Because Donald Trump, whether you like him or not, didn't get a fair shake in any of this. So many of the things, nothing has stuck yet. Nothing has stuck. With everything that has been thrown at him, nothing is stuck. He's never been convicted of anything mainly because it appears that it's all made up, starting with things like the Russian collusion. And it wasn't until the stories kept breaking about the millions of dollars that the Biden crime family took from places like Ukraine and Moscow and China. Then the story started breaking. Oh, we could do the same thing. We can say the same thing about Trump. There were people that came in from foreign countries and stayed at Trump hotels. Oh, my goodness. 
Not quite the same thing. The money coming into the Biden crime family appears to show payments for Joey doing things that are not always on the up and up. You want to know why a lot of that money is going to Ukraine? I do. You have to ask a lot of the questions and you have to then be able to show a paper trail. It's not there for Donald Trump. It is there for the Biden crime family. So we have Meathead quoting Jesus. It is very rich, I believe, that he doesn't see the irony in all of this. That there is nothing that Donald Trump has done which would go against the teachings. Donald Trump made life better for everybody. The economy was better. You were able to go to the grocery store and not feel like you had to put it on your credit cards and go deep into debt in order to just feed your family. People were making money at a higher percentage. But hey, if you like what's going on in the Biden economy, vote for him again. If you feel like today you're better off than you were three and a half years ago, by all means, vote with your wallet because that's what most people do. They're going to vote with their wallet and the meatheads of the world understand this and there's nothing else they can do. So they are now scrambling to the point they're going to invoke Jesus and his teachings because, you know, Jesus would have totally endorsed Joe Biden, right? Because he's totally, he's totally a good guy, right? Ugh, so many jokes that can be made right there. But the Dimension A and Dimension B thing, absolutely real. The way the media continuously, continuously, is that the word? Continue? What was I even trying to say there? The media continuously barrages you with negative things over and over again. It puts people in a completely different mindset. You watch television and there is a lot of violence. You watch things, you know, movies, violence, a lot of gore, even shows that I watched for years, things like NCIS. The joke with NCIS would be they all start with a dead Marine. And I'm not saying the shows aren't well written and that they're not entertaining. But you were starting with somebody dead. I'm thinking you have to put this on a more negative plane than you would anything else. So I did a little experiment. I mean, I still follow the news and I watch the Bill O'Reilly show four times a week. But otherwise, starting in maybe late November or so, just started watching more positive programming. Never used to watch Christmas movies. Definitely never watched the things like the Hallmark Christmas movies. And decided, well, let's just try this. Watched a bunch of Hallmark Christmas movies, a bunch of other Hallmark movies. And they're not all great. They're very formulaic. Sure. But the formula is, I mean, no spoilers here. The formula is. The if it's a romance, the couple's always going to get together in the end after some big misunderstanding. It's always a positive ending. They never break up at the end. People never die. And after watching 
this kind of content regularly for about two months, I have to say I feel a little bit better about the world in general, which I know nothing's really changed. But I think it goes to show that you are in charge of your viewpoints and you have to understand that there are still a lot of good things in the world. Not everything is negative. Is there a lot of negative stuff? Oh, yeah. Does politics suck? Oh, yeah. Does war suck? Oh, yeah. But for most people, they are not experiencing these things firsthand. And you have to take a step back and reevaluate exactly the viewpoint that you want to have. There's always been things like school shootings and all of that. But before social media, before the 24 hour news channels, I mean, I'm old enough to remember a time when there was no cable news. You didn't get this stuff fed to you on a 24 seven basis. Now with the devices, with the phones where people are getting alerts, they're on the news sites all the time. I don't think it's good for your overall well-being to be focused on those things because that seems to be what sells. If you're a news organization, you're putting the negative stuff. If you are trying to get the clicks, you're trying to be a little bit more salacious. You're trying to be anything that you can to get attention. And it turns out that people, I guess, want to be outraged. They want to go read the thing to be mad so that they can post something on social media. Because if you go watch a little love story movie, you're not going to go on to Twitter or whatever social media you're using and be like, wow, I just watched this nice movie. I feel good. No, you want to read a news story or you want to read somebody's post like Meathead and be like, oh, you're a moron. And it all feeds upon itself. So sometimes it's good to just disconnect from that. Try to put yourself in a different mindset. Really dive into something that is positive. It doesn't have to be schlocky Hallmark movies. Could be anything that you enjoy. Find something and really dive into that for, you know, a month or two and try to avoid the things that would normally get your uh, dander up and see where you are at the end of it. I think it is a worthwhile thing to try. Just watch something go on with No Agenda Social. No Agenda is a podcast with Adam Curry and John C. Dvorak. They had a little social media site that they spun up that one of their producers then took over that was now changing. And it's covered in detail if you're really interested in that on this week's Planet Rage, planetrage.show, the show that I do with my buddy Larry Blydner. Don't need to break into the details here of exactly what happened, but because of this change that was made to the social media platform, a lot of people ran with theories that weren't true and then just started spewing out a lot of vitriol. And it was really sad to watch, but interesting as well just to see how much of a misunderstanding that there was about what was going on to understand how little information people need 
in order to make an opinion that will totally make them beyond angry. And I get that nobody wants to do their homework. Nobody wants to sit there and go, huh, well, let me really try to get all of the details. And no, I've talked to you on this show more than once about all the different types of bias that is out there. And emotional bias is one of the strongest, meaning you don't really need any facts and figures. It's very easy to point the fingers at somebody and be like, oh, that Adam guy, he did bad things. He said bad things. He doesn't like us. He's being a jerk. And most people are never going to go look for the details. They're just going to go, oh, he's being a jerk. Let me jump onto this train. And it quickly can run out of control, even though it is not based in reality. It's all based in emotion. It's based in emotion and people believe what they want to believe. Bill O'Reilly's been saying that nonstop for about the last year or two. People believe what they want to believe. And you can see this very clearly in day-to-day life. It doesn't matter if what they believe is accurate. It doesn't matter if they can prove it because that's been some of the debate going on around this social media thing where it's like, well, show me where this was said. And people are like, well, I don't have to show you. (laughs) If you don't know, it goes back to the good old days when people would say things like Rush Limbaugh lied about everything. That's what I would usually ask. Okay, well, give me uh, one or two examples and then I'll take your side. Well, if I have to tell you, like, yeah, that's how it works. If you want to convince somebody, if you believe that you have truth on your side, you better be able to back up what you're saying with at least some kind of fact, something that you can actually point to rather than, well, I just, I feel this way. Your feelings don't matter. That is the biggest disservice that is happening with the latest generation here in America, probably other where uh, other places. Your feelings don't matter. Facts and figures matter. Nobody cares about your feelings or they shouldn't, because if you're basing everything on feelings, your world's going to flush right down the toilet so fast. It won't even be funny. Which is one of the reasons why there's a site, a news aggregator that I've mentioned here a few times as far as something that was for a while a good alternative to the Drudge Report, which is a link aggregator, more or less. When you go to the Drudge Report, you get a lot of headlines. When you click on those headlines, you are then taken to a news story elsewhere on the Internet on a different news site, whether it be Fox or CNN or MSNBC or a variety of blogs or the Breitbart site, something like that. They bring you to the site, which the headline is tied to. And the Drudge Report went totally psycho anti-Trump, so it became much less useful. There's no question these news aggregators, just like the overall news, talking heads, pundits, writers, has a bias and the stories that you're being shown on the Drudge Report are definitely trying to steer you in one direction. The off the press people for a while 
were kind of the anti-drudge, which was doing the exact same thing, yet they were going in the other direction. So while drudge was, we hate Trump, and I know that is a generalization, but overall drudge has turned into the, we hate Trump people. Here's the news stories, which are going to make you hate Trump. Off the press was the other thing, which was they were the news aggregator that was going to show you the stories and why you should like Trump, why Trump was good. Again, generalization, I know. And then off the press decided to start adding an extra click, which was they would give you a little summary of the story along with a link that said, okay, go here if you want to read it. So if the headlines say was tied to a story over on Breitbart, when you would click on that link on off the press, it would take you to a sub page on off the press. That was like the story says X, Y, and Z click here. If you want to read the whole story and that was okay. It was kind of a pain. I don't need your summary. I just want to go to the original source. Well, off the press now has decided to not link you to the original stories. They just take you to a sub page on their site, which I'm guessing they haven't said they're doing this, but I am guessing with 99% certainty that they're using chat GPT or some kind of an AI to summarize the story. So they're taking the Breitbart story, feeding it into their chat GPT or other artificial intelligence and giving a three to four paragraph summary on the article. And that's all they're giving you. They're not giving you a link to the original article because they don't want people to leave their site. But the bottom line meant uh, I'm taking you off my list of sites to go look at because it is now useless information. Absolutely useless information. Whether you believe the news or not, citing the sources is still very important because I do enough research, sadly, on news stories to know if they're on Breitbart, I can trust them this much. If they're on justthenews.com, I can trust them a little bit more. If they're on MSNBC, yeah, might not trust them a whole lot. So knowing where you're pulling this story from, knowing where you're pulling this summary from is very important. So now, sadly, where we had recommended offthepress.com now can't really recommend it at all. As I mentioned, we're having a bit of a deep freeze here in the Chicago area. And due to that, anybody that has an electric vehicle is realizing very quickly that electric vehicles and cold do not go together. I've talked about that a bit, along with things like you get some C water in your car, on your car, near your batteries. Bad things can happen. Electric vehicles, while they are great concepts, while they may be great in dry, warm climates, are not ready for prime time yet in a place like Chicago. I guess there were some charging stations in the area here where people were just trying to get a little juice because their cars were dying and they're just a bunch of dead electric cars can't get charged because of the temperature. A lot of people don't know that once it dips below freezing, 
an electric vehicle can lose like 20 to 30% of its range. I don't know if that continuously gets worse once it gets down because freezing 32 degrees Fahrenheit. Here in Chicago, we had it down to negative 13, I think was about the lowest that I saw. That's before any wind chill factor or any crazy thing like that. So these electric vehicles are not suited for this kind of a climate. But we have states that are trying to do things like say, hey, you're not going to be able to sell anything but an electric vehicle by the year, you know, 2030, something crazy soon like that without factoring in the things like, well, do electric vehicles actually work? Do they perform? Will people die because their car is going to get them stranded somewhere, unable to have any heat? There is a Rasmussen report that was just released, a poll that says now 65% of American adults say they are not likely to consider buying an electric vehicle when purchasing their next car. So 65% of Americans are watching what's going on here and saying, no, not going to do it. 37% say they are not at all likely to buy an electric vehicle. It says fewer than three in 10 Americans said they would consider buying an electric vehicle. So under 30%. And those 30%, they might live in Florida or Arizona. Although, I mean, again, Florida, you get some salt water, you could have a real problem with that vehicle. But you see the amount of people in the country that want electric vehicles as opposed to a government running amok out of control saying that we are going to start mandating it. This is where you need to start standing up, folks. Look at which politicians want to force you to buy an electric vehicle. I will guarantee you there is a commonality about which party they belong to. Do not support the people that are trying to make your life worse. Do not support the people who want you to buy into a man-made climate change scam, which is going to want to control your thermostat. This is happening in areas already where the thermostats, these smart thermostats are tied into the electric company or the gas company. That's like, well, no, we'll just control that for you. We're having a problem feeding everybody the electricity they need. So if you would just turn your heat down to about 62 degrees, we would greatly appreciate that. Or you just don't charge your car because we don't have enough charge in the grid. The technology is fantastic on some of this stuff, but it has to be allowed to get to the point where it can handle the climate for the country. It has to get to the point to where it is stable and people are not having to give up their freedom in order to accept all of the rules and regulations. It was good to see a court slap down the Biden administration's attempt to control how much water your dishwasher can use. I mean, they're getting to such minute, crazy, stupid stuff with this green energy concept. And it just doesn't work. Windmills are showing not to work. Solar does not work in the long term. They are not up to prime time yet. 
Solar panels don't last forever. Batteries don't last forever. You go buy a Tesla. I mean, one, if you live in Chicago, it's going to freeze and not run very well. But the battery, like in your cell phone, and the batteries in the cell phones, you'll notice, have gotten a little bit better over the years. But we're still a long way from having a battery that can last days and days without dying. And we're still a long way from having a battery that will last for 10 years. You notice, as you own your phone, a year in, two years in, how much that phone lasts throughout the day. It's not because you're doing more. I mean, there may be a slight variance in some of the applications you run on your phone, but overall, every time you go through any kind of a charge cycle on your battery, it's losing a little bit of life. It's a lot like people point out with vinyl records. Every time you run a stylus, a needle over a vinyl record, you're doing just a little bit of damage. I mean, you could probably play it 100, 200 times if your turntable is set up correctly and your needle is not damaged, you can run that record a few hundred times, but at some point, you're going to start hearing a sonic difference because you are doing a little bit of wear and tear every time you use it, and that's exactly what is happening with your batteries. And the cost to replace batteries on electric cars are more than the cars pretty much at this point, unless I'm mistaken about that. I believe that's the case, which means once an electric car once that battery dies, you have a lot more waste. I'm still driving a Buick and a Chevy from about 20 years ago. Still working fine. If this was an electric car, would it be working 20 years later? Highly doubtful. Highly doubtful. And these are the kind of things that politicians do not consider before they start making these laws. Probably because they're making about uh, 200000 a year plus all the kickbacks, plus all the perks where they're like, well, can't everybody afford one of these electric vehicles? Just buy a new one every year. Or why do you live in an area like Chicago? That's really cold. You should move somewhere warmer. It's absolutely insane, but educate yourself on who's trying to keep you from buying a gas vehicle. If you're in Illinois, if you're in any of these states that gets below freezing and you have politicians trying to pass laws, that will prohibit you from buying a gas-powered vehicle, vote them out. This is a very simple thing to do. Vote them out. And before I thank the one person who boosted this show, I just want to give a quick update on the Taylor Swift order from hell. I've mentioned it, I believe, a few times. Four albums that were ordered in August, October 31st, I received four CDs of a different CD and have been trying to write the order ever since. Yeah, we're going on months. I sent the last email back because they finally sent one of the correct album rather than four. And I responded that this was wrong. And then they responded with, well, confirm your address and let us know if you want a refund or if you want us to ship the remaining albums out. And since they gave a bunch of people everything free, if it was supposed to be shipped before Christmas and didn't get there, I suggested, hey, why don't you give it to me free and send it since you did that for people who had Christmas orders late and this should have been here on October 31st. And they sent me a canned response that said, quote, 
Unfortunately, your order contains items that were expected to ship after December 15th, so we are unable to provide a refund while also shipping your order at this time, end quote. To which I responded to them, <laughs> and we'll see what happens with this one. But this is, unfortunately, the world we're living in now. People are not doing their jobs well. People do not understand the words that you put in emails to them because when it's an order that was ordered in uh, August that was supposed to be here by the end of October and you tell me that it was expected to ship after December 15th, I really don't know what world you're living in. And at this point, I've already replaced the albums. I bought them elsewhere and I'm strictly going through this in order to provide content for you. And because I find it funny, I want to know just how bad the customer service can get. And once this whole thing is at the end, I will do an episode where I break it down from point A to point Z. And it's also good to show, even though I'm a fan of Taylor Swift, I'm not going to take any garbage. I'll tell you if her people suck. I will tell you if the merchandise sucks. I will tell you when people aren't doing their job and then hopefully try to help you if you're in a similar situation, deal with things like this and get your money back or get what you were promised. It's getting harder and harder to do that. The beauty though, of the value for value system created by the one, the only Adam Curry, the Podfather, is that I put these shows out there. You get to decide if you've gotten any value out of them whatsoever, and you get to decide if you have gotten any value, what that value is. Is it a dollar? Is it five dollars? Is it ten dollars? Is it a thousand dollars? It's up to you. And you can help support this show by going to random thoughts, R A N D U M B thoughts.com slash donate. You can click the donate button. If you want to use PayPal, do a one-time or monthly donation. You can use the QR codes or wallet addresses. If you want to do the crypto thing, you can use the PO box address. If you want to let uncle Sam handle your checks or cash or whatever, but you know, that's a little bit tricky as of late. They're not always getting here, the envelopes. And if you're in the podcasting 2.0 ecosystem, you can send us a boost or a boostagram. All sorts of different ways you can help support the show. All of them are appreciated. And while we didn't have any straight out donations from PayPal this week or crypto, we did have a boost from Sir Brian with an I who came in with 5,000 Satoshis who said, you shall forever be known as the dude who John C. Dvorak referred to as the pre-show guy whose name he can't remember. Adam was very upset. And I was yelling Darren O'Neill at my phone, hoping that John would hear me. Love your show. Love the rock and roll pre-show. Get your keister out to a no agenda meetup in Texas. It would be nice to shake your hand in the morning, brother. Well, in the morning, Sir Brian with an eye. Sir Gene wants me to go to Texas, too. He's down there in the Austin area. I'm not staying at Sir Gene's house, though. The guy's got a like a hundred pound python or something like that. I'll be staying at a hotel very far away from Sir Gene's house, just so that thing can't get me. But I appreciate you listening, Sir Brian. And really, donations are always nice when it comes to the financial aspect of it, to be able to keep the hosting going, to keep buying new microphones and crazy things, anything to help the show. But comments that you are enjoying the show, that you're getting something out of it, is also a huge inspiration 
to keep me interested in doing the show. So it's appreciated that you came in with the boost, but also with the comments. So thank you, Dale Jr. Yeah, I see him when he's listening to the show, streaming 100 Satoshis a minute, which is a beautiful thing, especially when we do the last show again. Did you notice 33 minutes and 33 seconds? No, that wasn't planned at all. And uh, the anonymous with the 500 Satoshi boost, all very much appreciated. If you don't know what the boosting is, you can check out all the podcasting 2.0 stuff by going to podcastapps.com or by checking out the podcast index, which is uh, podcastindex.org. As always, a big thanks to Adam Curry and Dave Jones and all of the guys and gals who help build out the infrastructure and do things to help podcasters like me get my shows out into the world. It is very much appreciated. Support all of those people if you can. And with that said, I will be back again next week with another edition of the Random Thoughts Podcast. Until then, I am Darren O'Neill. Thanks for listening.